0: Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew.
1: And I'm Cassie.
0: And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Culips. This is Chatterbox, the Culips series for intermediate and advanced English learners. Today's topic is imposter syndrome. And I'm joined for this conversation by my co-host Cassie. Hey Cassie, how's it going?
1: I am excellent.
0: Awesome. Now, everyone, there's a transcript and study guide for this episode that's available for all QLIPS members. And if you're not a QLIPS member yet, we highly recommend it. When you sign up to become a member, you'll get unlimited access to our study guide library. We make a study guide for each episode, everyone. Plus, you'll get an uh, invitation to our monthly live stream events and exclusive access to our Fluency Files series. So to sign up and become a member, just visit culips.com. Cassie, speaking of live streams,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what was the topic for our last live stream that we did?
1: Well, it's the same as this episode, Imposter Syndrome.
0: Imposter syndrome. Yeah. So our original plan was to take the audio from last month's live stream and to make it into a CULIPS episode. We want to take that audio, edit it down, maybe take out some parts because the live stream is an hour long and usually our culips episodes are like 20 minutes long so we wanted to do some editing and tighten it up but it turned out to be more difficult than expected and we couldn't actually turn that audio into a good culips episode so we decided that we shouldn't let this nice topic, go to waste. And instead, we'll just talk about it again here so that all of the people who missed the live stream last time can hear about what we have to say about imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. So let's get to it.
0: Let's get to it. Let's start with a definition. It's always good to start with a definition, right? We have two words that are difficult in this topic, imposter and syndrome. Individually, they're a little bit difficult. And then when you put them together, you get kind of a totally different meaning. So we should break it down. Let's break it down and simplify it. Imposter. What does this mean? Who is an imposter, Cassie?
1: An imposter is someone who is pretending to be something they're not.
0: A person who is pretending to be someone they're not. Yeah, I like that. That's a good, clear definition.
1: Yes. During our live stream, I related this word to a famous game these days, an online game. It's called Among Us. And in that game, there's a bunch of little space cadets in a spaceship. And they're trying to fix their ship. And one or two cadets among them are actually imposters who are pretending to be innocent, but their actual goal is to kill all of the other members on this ship. (laughs) So they are imposters. And the good guys, it's their job to find out who these imposters are and eject them from the spaceship.
0: Right. So, An imposter is almost like an undercover spy, right? They're pretending to be somebody or something so that they can really do something else. And yeah, this is the key concept here. Now, what about this other word, syndrome? What is a syndrome? A
1: syndrome is kind of like an illness. But when I think of syndrome, I think more psychological rather than physical.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a syndrome, I think the easiest way to think about it is a medical condition, right? And there are a lot of well-known medical conditions in English that have this word syndrome in it, right? I think we talked about some of these before on the live stream as well, like AIDS is autoimmune deficiency syndrome, Mm -hmm. and there is down syndrome, for example. Just some very well-known medical conditions in English have this word syndrome inside of it. So then, if we put these two words together, imposter syndrome, what do we get? What does this mean?
1: Imposter syndrome is more of a psychological problem where it's feeling like you are a fraud or that you don't belong in some situation or among some people.
0: So whenever you feel personally like maybe you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not strong enough, you're not smart enough, then that is imposter syndrome. So Cassie, let's talk about our own personal experiences here for a moment with imposter syndrome. And I'm wondering if you've ever felt this way before. Have you ever been in some kind of situation where you just felt like you didn't fit in or didn't belong?
1: Yes, there were two main situations I remember. The first one was not severe or the most recent one. It's when I became a teacher and entered my classroom for the first time. I think whenever you start something new, you have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, am I really qualified for this? Can I do this? Is it all going to work out? Mm -hmm. So the first, you know, five or 10 minutes that I stood in front of my very first class, I experienced a little bit of imposter syndrome.
0: Only for five or 10 minutes?
1: And You know, you get into the groove, get the kids laughing, and it all works out.
0: Oh, okay. So that's that's pretty good. That's not so bad. Uh personally I've felt imposter syndrome a couple of times in my life. Also because I'm an educator just like you. Mm-hmm. There have been situations in the classroom where I felt imposter syndrome. I felt like I wasn't really qualified enough to be the teacher in that situation. Specifically when I was a newer English teacher, some students would ask me questions about grammar that I had never encountered before. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to answer them very well. And in those moments, especially, I felt frustrated. I felt like I wasn't knowledgeable enough. And those were real moments of imposter syndrome. But at the same time, They were great learning moments and learning opportunities because they really motivated me to hit the books and find the answers to those questions that I didn't know. And I was able to learn a lot from doing research to find the answers to those questions. So ultimately, feeling imposter syndrome made me a better teacher in the end.
1: Yeah, I think people who experience imposter syndrome probably hold the most pressure against themselves and having that feeling makes them, you know, work harder, achieve more. So it makes sense that you would feel that way and it made you feel like a better teacher by, you know, working harder and overcoming that feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. The second time I felt imposter syndrome was when I was a grad school student, especially for the first month or two before I really became close with the other students in my cohort. And that was just because, you know, I thought, oh, grad school is for smart kids and I'm not smart. So what am I doing here? (laughs) I would hear the other students in the class talk, and they were so eloquent, and they spoke really well, and they seemed really studious, and I didn't really feel like I fit in there. I mean, I don't think I'm stupid, but I'm definitely not a genius, and I felt like some of the other students that I was studying with were you know, really, really bright, really, really intelligent. Mm. So in that moment, I also felt imposter syndrome. However, it faded away as I got closer with my classmates and I got to know them better. And I realized eh, they're just like me. You know, they're not too different. Everybody's kind of the same in the end. Some people are a little bit brighter or a little bit not as bright, to put it politely. (laughs) (laughs) But we're all around the same.
1: Everybody has their own talents.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. So I got over that as well, but definitely for the first couple of months of grad school, I felt imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah, I also felt imposter syndrome as a student in middle school. I think being a student is really hard on its own because it's not just about the academics. There's so much of a social aspect that goes into it. You're always trying to, you know, be the best or compare yourself to your peers and it's a lot of pressure and you always feel like you're the the black sheep, the odd one out, the imposter. I think everybody has this feeling at least sometime in their life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think to an extent, I'm pretty lucky that I haven't really felt imposter syndrome too much in my life because I was watching a YouTube video with Michelle Obama talk about imposter syndrome before. And her experiences with this feeling were much more severe than mine. And I realized that I'm pretty lucky that I've never had to experience it on the same level as her because she was talking about being black in America and how she felt like an imposter being in these predominantly white places, right? So, Michelle Obama attended some very high level Ivy League schools, Princeton and Harvard Law School. And she was saying that while she was a student and, you know, as a woman of color, she just had to work so much harder than everyone else to feel accepted and to be successful in those places. And yeah, that just made me reflect on my own life and realize, well, I never had that kind of experience in my life. So, yeah, it was very eye opening to see Michelle Obama talk about imposter syndrome and also a little bit shocking, right? Because she's achieved so much success in her life mm-hmm. to see that someone as intelligent and well spoken as her still feels that way. Also, that is kind of humanizing, right? Like, uh, no matter what your situation in life is, sometimes we will all feel like imposters from time to time. Now, one thing that Michelle Obama said was that when she was trying to overcome this feeling, she just doubled down and worked even harder than everyone else. She could get over imposter syndrome through hard work. And I guess that's the question I want to ask you, Cassie, is mm. do you have any solutions to imposter syndrome? Or when you felt like this before, what did you do to get over it?
1: I found out a little bit later in life than I wanted to, but Uh um, eventually that imposter syndrome is really related to confidence. And I found out that the more easily I was able to laugh at myself, the more confident I felt, you know, like I had to stop taking everything so seriously. And once I Realized that, you know, nobody really cares if I make a mistake or two now and again, it's only me that's putting that pressure upon myself, then when I was able to let that go, I gained a lot more confidence and that feeling of, you know, self-doubt of imposter syndrome really, you know, vanished.
0: Mm, yeah. An expression that came up during the live stream event, Cassie, was fake it till you make it. Um, <laughs> Fake it so you make it. And what that expression means is just that even if you are not the most qualified person in the room, or even if you are not an expert, you can pretend like you are. And often other people won't even notice that maybe you are not as qualified as you are pretending to be, and that acting like this can help you be successful in the future. And I think I clued into this as well. You know, I don't think I've ever faked my credentials in any situation, Mm -hmm. but in situations where I feel like an imposter or I feel maybe not 100% confident, acting like I'm confident, acting like I know exactly what I'm talking about can really be beneficial. So I agree with you that having confidence in yourself, even when you know you're not like a perfect fit for the situation can be very, very useful and something that I've used as well to get over the feeling of imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. When you talked about that, fake it till you make it, one other phrase popped into my mind, which is confidence is key.
0: Confidence is key. K-E-Y.
1: Yes. The key to success is confidence. So fake it till you make it. Confidence is key learning to laugh at yourself. All of these things are great ways to overcome imposter syndrome.
0: So we'll wrap it up here, Cassie, but just before we do, let's break down that last expression that you used, learning to laugh at yourself. What do you mean by that, laugh at yourself? What exactly does that mean?
1: Ah, That means kind of like what I mentioned before, if you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up. Don't keep thinking about it and stressing over it. You know, just laugh it off. Act like it's not a big deal.
0: Don't take yourself so seriously, right? Learn to be kind and gentle to yourself. And that can go a long way in your success.
1: Yep, that's exactly right.
0: excellent well that brings us to the end of this episode everyone thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this conversation and if you would like to join cassie and i for the next kulips live stream we would love to have you join us now it is only for kulips members but once you're a member you are invited to join us we make an announcement on our website every month about when we will be doing it It's usually towards the end of the month, but we make the announcement in advance so you can find when we'll be going live and you can join us for that cool video live stream. So we hope to see you there. If you enjoy Qlips, if you learn a lot with us and find us helpful for improving your English, then please support us. There are several ways that you can do that such as telling your friends who are learning english about the Culips english podcast following us on social media or leaving us five star rating and a nice review on your favorite podcast platform like apple podcasts for example you could also sign up and become a Culips member and like i said when you're a Culips member There are many awesome goodies and extras that you'll get. So just visit QLips.com to learn all about them and to sign up. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Catch you later.